Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Parlay Play. Parlay Play is a lead pipe locking for parlaying player props. Go to parlayplay.io and use promo code SGP for 100% deposit bonus today. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake. And it's a baseball podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer back again on Wednesday. Almost said Tuesday, but it is Wednesday right now. And as always, I am joined by my man Ryan Gilbert. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing good. I was I was hard in the podcast prep before this show. If you saw, saw me on Twitter, so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good for this uh, Wednesday evening show here. Getting into it, as I think the Phillies are up like five or six nothing on the Nationals. Uh, this West West Weston guy or something at a home run in his first career at bat. So yeah, doing good over here. I'm doing pretty good, too, because, I mean, if we want to just jump right into it, the Mariners have called up top pitching prospect Emerson Hancock. He is starting tonight for the Seattle Mariners against the San Diego Padres uh, about like what, an hour, hour 10 after this recording started. I cannot wait. Uh, He was one of the like top pitching prospects in the Mariners organization since he was drafted. Uh, I was the sixth overall pick in 2019, 2020, something like that. Uh, He had some bumps along the way uh, with a few injuries the last few years. This has been his first like real full season ish in the minor leagues. Uh, And even that didn't go so well. He had stretches where he gave up a bunch of bombs. Uh, uh, But recently it's been really good. Uh, And, he is a guy that just fits that control the zone mantra that Seattle has. Uh, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Brian Wu, Brian Wu, Bryce Wilson, those guys all control the zone very well. They throw a ton of strikes. And Emerson Hancock is the exact same way. Uh, one of the best parts about his game uh, is that he kind of ha- has a changeup sinker as his one-two pitch that are pretty good. His fastball... It's topped out about 95. It's not an overly elite fast ball, uh, but he has a sinker that's really, really good. It moves a ton. And his changeup has kind of been his swing and miss pitch, which is cool. Uh, it's the only pitch that he doesn't throw more than 55% of the time for strikes. Uh, shout out to Lance Brogdowski on Twitter for those stats. Uh, his changeup does get a lot of run on it, and it should get a, even more run at the major league level. Uh, should make it even harder to hit. But yeah, he he really pounds the zone. I think he throws this sinker for strikes like 65% of the time, which is very George Kirby-esque. So we'll, we'll see how this start goes. Uh, they are going against San Diego, who the Mariners just gave up. Uh, was it Gilbert gave up seven innings? Or he went seven innings, one hit, 12 strikeouts, 10 strikeouts, whatever it was, double-digit strikeouts. So much going on in my head right now. <laughs> I had an excellent game. Uh, but San Diego, for as good as their lineup is, they are prone to just disappearing at the plate. Uh, and they disappeared yesterday, and they could disappear again today. Emerson Hancock's going to mm-hmm. go out there, and he's going to pound the zone. Uh, I think he's going to go six innings, 
two earned runs, no walks, six Ks. I think that's my that's my lead pipe lock <laughs> for Emerson Hancock for today. Uh, did you grab yourself any shares of Emerson Hancock? I know he's still widely available in a ton of fantasy leagues right now. Yeah, I did grab myself some Hancock there in my uh, eight-team keeper league. Just you know, see, see what he does. If you look at his minor league numbers, it's it's not great overall this season. Eleven and five, four point three two ERA. But if you look deeper at it, like he's he's made twenty starts. He's only allowed more than three earned runs four times. Unfortunately, twice was a uh, nine. One time he allowed six, and he allowed seven. But since he allowed seven on May 31st, so in June, July, August, he he's allowed 19 earned runs and 57 and two-thirds in his pitch, which is a, a 2.97 ERA. If you take out his one horrific outing, one and two-thirds, nine earned runs, he has 56 earned runs, or six innings pitched, 10 earned runs, a 1.61 ERA in that span, 57 strikeouts, 12 walks. He's going to get the strikeouts. As long as he can find his way, it seems like he's going to be okay. But if, if he runs into trouble, it's going to be big trouble. And San Diego has been very up and down, you know, recently and this season overall. But yeah, I, I have high hopes for Hancock. I think he can maybe come in and be another, another woo, another Bryce Miller type that, you know, you can count on for at least a few starts, hopefully. Yeah, I think a pretty safe bet for him. Uh, he's going to kind of be like a George Kirby light. You're, you can't compare him to George Kirby yet. I'm 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 only doing it just because the profiles are somewhat similar, like same pitches. Uh, I know Hancock doesn't have a slider. He has a cutter, but his cutter breaks an awful lot like a slider, and he uses it like in a similar type of way. Um, but he there's just not a ton of pitchers that pound the zone like George Kirby does. And Emerson Hancock is coming from double a doing exactly what George Kirby did in the minor league. And now at the major league level. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes because obviously if you pound the zone, you are more susceptible to getting hit around and giving up runs, but unlike a Bryce Miller or unlike a Brian Wu, he doesn't rely very heavily on his fastball. He's going to be very, sinker heavy he's going to be very change up heavy and he's going to mix the cutter in there it wouldn't surprise me if his fastball was his third most used pitch so we'll have mm-hmm. to see how that plays out but i i think he's going to be somebody that pounds the zone with a lot, lot of movement which can be very effective at the major league level uh, it's not like a bryce miller where it's i'm going to throw 96 97 up in the zone and i'm gonna dare you to hit it uh it's more like a, i'm gonna dot a sinker down and away and I'm going to make you chase that pitch and see what you can do with it. I think there's going to be a lot of ground ball outs. And I think this is going to be a very effective outing for Emerson Hancock moving forward. Yeah. And looking at his last four starts since allowing those nine earned runs in one and two thirds, he's thrown 25 innings, 26 strikeouts, four walks, four earned runs. So 1.44 ERA. Uh, the BABIP is low at 206 there. So yeah, I think as long as he can. You know, settle in and not get beat up right away. Like the uh, who was that pitcher that came in and allowed home runs on his first two pitches for the oh. red for, for the Reds? God, I don't I don't remember exactly. Remember. But as long as long as he can get two pitches into it without two home runs given up, uh, I feel like he's <laughs> a pretty good chance. You know, you're probably listening to this anyway after the game, but looking yes. ahead, he is scheduled to start next Monday at Kansas City which will be a, a good start. And his second start will be in Houston, so not necessarily 
a two-start guy, but you know what? If he if he goes well tonight and goes well on can- in Kansas City, I'd start him in Houston. Yeah, uh, especially if he has two uh, two dominant outings. Yeah, Kansas City is very beatable as well. So I think there's a lot of upside there for a two-start week that starts out in Kansas City. So if, if you're listening to this live, I would go pick Emerson Hancock up because the game hasn't started yet. Uh, I'm big on anything 12-team or deeper. I think he's he's a must-add right now. Uh, uh, Mariners bias aside, I swear to God, I think he's a must-add. Even... I don't really care how this game shakes out for him either. I think he's still going to be on my must add for a 12 team or deeper league right now, just because it is San Diego. So mm-hmm. a lot like Brian Wu came up. His first start was against Texas. Then he gave up seven runs in like two innings. And everybody's like, why the hell would they bring this kid up? It could be a very similar thing with Emerson Hancock because the Padres lineup for as bad as they can be, they can also be really good. They still have Machado. They still have Soto. They still have Tatis. Like they're still a really good team. So we'll just have to see how it goes. But yeah, I, I think he's in must add territory right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll revisit that after his, his start here on Wednesday night. We're probably going to record at least Thursday, if not Thursday and Friday. We'll record one of those days. So we'll revisit his start then. And in the meantime, make sure you check out, uh, sign up for the Sports Government Podcast Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL to win totals contest with a $1,000 first place prize. Besides season-long contests, they also have weekly contests just for the patrons, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, completely ad-free and full of behind-the-scenes stories from SGPN. Even a Discord channel just for patrons. Only you can prevent corporate gambling. Do your part and sign up today. SportsGrownPodcast.com slash Patreon. That's SportsGrownPodcast.com slash Patreon. I have a question in the chat here from our good friend uh, Matthew Hennings here. Would you drop Shane Bieber for, for Hancock right now? Uh oh man. He started throwing again two days ago. Probably not. I feel like Bieber. Yeah. Bieber, Shane Bieber is Shane Bieber. If he comes back, you know what you're getting. And I don't think Hancock his ceiling is and like Hancock is gonna go back down too when someone gets gets healthy, right? Uh I honestly think Hancock is here to stay. Brian Wu's on the IL, but it sounds like it's kind of like a it's not a real injury. This said forearm inflammation, which could point towards Tommy John. But uh, there's a lot of indicators saying that uh, this is just a way to shut Brian Wu down without having to send him down because Wu is already like surpassed what his in- innings limit was supposed to be for this year. And so they threw him on the I.L. I think Emerson Hancock is here to stay for the rest of the year right now. Uh, and then James Coffey said, looking to fill a util spot in my lineup in a redraft roto league, rest of the season trade preference, Lindor or Altuve? Who are you taking rest of the year, Lindor or Altuve? Probably Altuve. I feel like that's a much more competitive lineup here. And looking at it, Altuve has a, a hit streak going on, at least at least 11 mm-hmm. games. He has hits in at least the last seven games. It looks like he's, he's healthy now. So, yeah, in, unless you need... Shortstop for some reason, I would definitely go go with Altuve there. I agree. I'd take Altuve. Second base eligibility can't be can't be emphasized enough. Uh, Lindor or Lindor is excellent, but shortstop is super deep. Uh, speaking mm-hmm. of a second baseman that has been super hot, I want to touch on somebody that we've talked about a couple of times now. I was not high on him when he first came up, and I am eating crow right now. Zach Geloff is a fucking machine, dude. 
uh, in his last 15 games, including today as we record this. He's only played 21, uh, just, just for the record. He's only played 21. So in, in, so true. take off the first six. He was getting his feet wet there. He's got his feet wet now. He's in the water. He's battling the waves. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but now he's got, uh, uh, in his last 50, or 15, yeah, he's got six home runs, three doubles, four stolen bases, 30% strikeout rate, which isn't great. Uh, but he's hitting 260. He's on fire. For somebody that I thought his power wasn't really going to translate to the major league level, uh, we talked about how we thought he was going to have more uh, like doubles ability. He was more of a line drive hitter. And it wasn't really gonna, the power itself wasn't going to translate to the major league level. Uh, here we are with him now sitting with a 93 and a half mile an hour average exit velocity, almost a 17% barrel rate, and a 53% hard hit rate. Uh, He's really good. Like he, he should be owned everywhere. Again, second base eligibility. Ah. He's so good. He's hitting in a shitty Oakland lineup, but still finding a way to be overly productive. I mean, it's hard to discredit nine extra base hits in 15 games for a second baseman. Like that's really good. If it was like a first baseman or something, it's something you'd expect. This is kind of what we expected Soder to mm-hmm. do when he came up. But he is swinging and missing at a lot of pitches. Not great. Uh, he's chasing a decent amount of pitches. Not great. But his quality of contact when he makes contact is there. And the power is real. I've been riding the Gilaf train since the day after he got called up. Uh, how do you feel about him moving forward? Do you have him as like a top? Has he cracked your top 12 second baseman for the rest of the season? It's interesting because, yeah, I feel like you were high on Gilaf when he came up. You wanted to talk about him a bunch. I was like, no, he's not going to be be relevant. Now he's on pace for 40 home runs and over a, a full season. But <laughs> you you look at second base more, it, it might be deeper than we thought. Beth, Semyon, Albies, Kettle Marte, Justin Turner, Luis Arias, Kim, Stott, Horner, Isaac Paredes, Ryan McMahon's been good. Um, okay, so rest of the season, would you like Gilaf, Wilmer Flores, Brandon Drury, Andres Jimenez, uh, Perdomo, Brendan, Brendan Donovan's hurt. Julian, would you take Gilaf over those guys? Admin? Uh, I would take... I like Drury. Drury had a home run the, a few days ago. He's batting third. He had a home run on Tuesday night. He's batting third again here uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, first base, second base, third base, eligibility does, does help, but... Yeah, maybe Gilaf, I'm just not giving him enough credit. Maybe I think it's just like a, a hot start and that's it. I think of those group of guys you mentioned, I think I would probably take Wilmer Flores first. Uh, I like the the high walk rate. I like the low strikeout rate. I like the power. You know, he doesn't steal a lot of bases. He's sitting for a good average too. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I would yeah. take Gilaf second. Uh, I'd probably take Julian third. Over and Drury. Then Drury fourth, yeah. Julian over Drew. I, I, I like Julian's power. I think it's legitimate major league power. Uh, he's hit lead off his fair share. I don't think he does. He's hitting lead off still. But... He's hitting lead off tonight. Okay. Yeah. So I I like I like those. Not to discredit Drury at all. Uh, I just think those other guys are very good. I do love Drury's like four position eligibility. Though, mm-hmm. And Ren, Ren Hifo is, is also also second baseman for for the Angels. He's on a uh, a five game hit streak now. Went two for five last game. Two for four on monday so like second base might be deeper than we thought just doesn't have like the the top end talent yeah i think that's 
I think that's why it gets overlooked at this point of the year. That's why I overlooked a little bit because all of these other positions, like shortstop has like a solid top eight guys that are just so good. Mm-hmm. First base has like a tall, solid six or seven guys. Third base is the same way. Same with outfield. Second base is like Mookie Betts, yeah. Jose Altuve, Ozzy Albies, Ketel Marte, and Marcus Simeon. Mm-hmm. That's your second baseman. And then after that, everybody else is pretty good, but they're all very similar players. Like, I don't honestly think there is a lot of difference between Justin Turner, where you said Justin Turner was, and Gilaf for the rest of the year. There, uh, there, there definitely is. Turner already has 17 home runs. He's hitting 284. That's 30, 30 points higher than, than Gilaf's hitting. I think that's zero speed, though. Yeah, zero speed. Uh, looks like he might be hurt as well. He's missed the last two games. Yeah, Gilaf has has good upside. If you're if you're scraping for second baseman, or you know, if you're in a keeper league and he's out there, maybe maybe pick him up and see if you can uh, ride the hot streak and keep him for next year. See if you can get, keep it going. Uh, somebody else that's on a hot streak. One of your boys. We talked about him the other day, but I think he needs to be brought up again. Bryce Harper, dude. Since the twenty second. He's hitting 311 with five doubles, three dingers, 10 RBI. Uh, talk to me about Bryce Harper. Should we really be that high on him for the rest of the year? I, I think we should. We're going into our uh, trade deadline targets here. Yeah, Bryce Harper, if if whoever owns him has not already realized, this is when Bryce Harper was supposed to come back. It was supposed to be after the, after the, uh, the All-Star break, you know, late July maybe. He came back, what, in in early May, you know what? He didn't have the power. People are like, mm-hmm. oh, when he's going to have his power back? His power is back now. He's hitting home runs. He's hitting doubles. The Phillies, just as a team, are getting hot. Trey Turner is getting hot. We talked about that. Nick Castellanos is heating back up. Kyle Schwarber had two home runs on uh, on Tuesday, I think, in that doubleheader. So, yeah, Bryce Harper, if he's if he's someone that is being dangled out there for a trade, I would definitely go try, try to get him. I just traded for him. In my uh, ten-team league, I swapped. I believe it was Logan Webb for him, so that was a hit I was willing to take there to get a solid outfield bat that I, you know, just put in my lineup every night. You're not going to bench Bryce Harper, which uh, I did. I, had, I did make the mistake of benching uh, Aaron Judge last night because he was like two oh. for twenty-one, then he hit a home run. But yeah, I went for Bryce Harper. He has the first base eligibility too now. If you need that, yeah, Bryce Harper's is the key bat in the Phillies lineup. He's not. He hasn't lost anything. It's just a matter of he's working his way back up. He's still hitting what over three hundred here. So yeah, Bryce Harper, uh, mm-hmm. I think, is going to be someone definitely to watch over the, over the last month or two of the season. Yeah, I have him in my my home points league, and I'm very very happy uh, on ESPN. He just today got first base eligibility, which is a massive game changer. Mm-hmm. You can finally take him out of that util only slot. And like I know for me, that opens up so many more lineup possibilities for me moving forward, which is exactly the kind of like roster upgrade you want at this point in the year. I mean, we are into week 18 of fantasy baseball, which is crazy to think we're already in week 18. <laughs> but yeah, he he's been so good. Uh, I know I made a trade for him back at the end of May uh, and it's, his kind of season trajectory is going very similar to I'm fucked up that word. We're good though. Uh, <laughs> his uh, trajectory is 
going very similarly to Max Muncie of last year. Muncie yeah. last year had the Muncie You're last saying year. overall like like contributions because Muncie hit what like one seventy five. That like power wise, I guess I guess I should okay clarify. his power power yeah. wise is going very similarly to Muncie last year. Muncie had the same similar elbow injury, elected mm-hmm. to not have surgery and play it out, and he was a shell of himself until august last year and from august to the end of the year i think he hit more home runs than he hit in the first couple months of the season combined he absolutely killed it uh bryce harper's even though bryce harper had the surgery i think it's a very similar situation because he had the surgery and then came back sooner so Mm -hmm. to me that's very similar to not having the surgery and just playing it out and wouldn't you know it harper's i mean all the power is starting to come back. He's getting more lift on the ball. Uh, and since was that the beginning of July, let's take that as an example. Uh, he's got a 92 and a half mile an hour objective velocity, 14% barrel rate and a 49% hard hit rate. Overall, he has been a machine. Like this is the Bryce Harper that everybody drafted like this is what you wanted to get from him when you drafted him but thankfully you all drafted him with like the hundredth pick in your draft more than likely so <laughs> yeah. 100 115th right around that range so yeah this is this is big this is again this, we're in the playoff push part of the season this is when you need your players to really kind of start stepping their game up and harper is doing that yeah, I mean, just look at this baseball savant page here on uh, on the YouTube stream. It's it's bright red. Look over the past 250 plate appearances, it's been above league average. Just been shooting up over the past 50 plate appearances. Expected woba 91st percentile, average exit velo 81st percentile. He's still hitting the ball hard. Like he, he's still hitting for power. And you're going to start seeing that walk percentage is high. Expected slugging 83rd percentile, barrel rate 82nd percentile. We love that here. So yeah, Bryce Harper is still very much Bryce Harper. He has not lost his power. It's just a matter of, you know, getting healthy, getting a hundred percent. And he's going to, you know, have a fantastic August and definitely September. Yeah. Uh, hop on that, that Harper hype train now. Uh, while it's <laughs> while before it leaves the station, I guess you could say, cause you don't have a lot. It's, of it's left the station. You gotta, gotta, gotta chase it down and hop on. You gotta hop aboard there. <laughs> it's, it's not the station for you in Philly. It's, it's, getting there for the rest of us hey if, if you're listening to the baseball money is fake it's left the station make sure you guys subscribe leave us a <laughs> five-star rating review give us a like give us a follow all that good stuff on all of our social medias uh, blake's been doing a great job some clips on youtube on tiktok i've been getting some up there on instagram as well and of course twitter so fake baseball fake baseball money you can find us there and uh, we're brought to you by Parlay Play. Parlay Play is a great way to get down on your favorite parlay to player props. Football season is right around the corner, and Parlay Play will have all your favorite props. Parlay Play is available in a ton of states, including California and Texas. Plus, for our good friends up north, Parlay Play is available in a bunch of provinces in Canada. And when you sign up with our code, you get a sweet bonus to get you started. So head over to parlayplay.io and use promo code SGP. For 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's parlayplay.io, promo code SGP. Got another question here from uh, James Coffey in the chat. Uh, your thoughts on any upside to St. Louis starting pitcher Stephen Matz? Uh, Stephen Matz is someone I streamed for his last start. They were going against at home against Colorado. Six innings, one earned, got to win. 
six shutout innings to start before that uh, against the Cubs. Next start is at Kansas City on Saturday. So, yeah, I would absolutely pick up Steven Match right now. Uh, 3.91 ERA, case per nine close to nine with 93 and 99 innings. Might not get you many wins, but, I mean, look if you look ahead to – he should go to win Saturday against Kansas City. So, yeah, I think Steven mm-hmm. Matz is rostered 46% in, in Yahoo League, so probably about what should be expected. But if he is available and need a win this week, I, I'd recommend picking him up. Yeah, uh, he, he's made some changes this year that I like, notably leaning a lot heavier on that sinker, and I think it's got uh, like a 56% usage rate. Uh, 28% whiff rate, right around the 26, 28% whiff rate. Uh, it's up from a 48% usage rate last year, and I think it's got an expected batting average right around 230. So it's a really good pitch. Uh, he's relying a lot heavier on that. So uh, it seems like he's kind of found something that's working for him. And like, granted, I don't think he's like a top 50 or even a top 75 starter for the rest of the year. Uh, I think he does fall into that category that we kind of started a while ago where he's slightly better than a streaming option. Uh, he's a guy that you pick up to stream, but then don't drop. You just leave him on your bench and you only start him in the favorable matchups. There is some upside there, especially in deeper leagues. He, he becomes a very good option in some deeper leagues. But Ryan, you texted me earlier today about a, uh, a trade offer. I guess it was last night. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I just want to mention uh, Stephen Matz. He starts against the Royals Saturday. His next start, would likely be the Mets next uh, Friday or Thursday or Friday. And then after that, likely either the Pirates on that Wednesday following or the Phillies on the Friday. So if it's Royals, Mets, Pirates, I don't hate that for Stephen Matz for the next two weeks. Me either. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Now hit me with this trade. Yeah. But, uh, it's uh, your uh, keeper league, correct? My, my, my keeper league, eight teams. You keep 10, you keep them in the round they were drafted in, plus an, an earlier round or an earlier two rounds, depending on where they were drafted there. And uh, I offered um, I offered somebody, um, my Kyle Schwarber, who was in round 20, and Josh Young, who is now hurt in round 25, for uh, Kevin Gossman, who is round two, who would not be a keeper for me, and then Logan mm-hmm. Webb who is round 18, who would likely be a keeper for me. And the counteroffer added uh, O'Neill Cruz of round 27 and uh, Doval, the closer for the Giants, that would not be a keeper. So I- I'm probably not going to do this, but like this is the time of the year where if you're going all in, that's kind of the move you have to do. I- like mm-hmm. The thing I'm debating internally is like, okay, is O'Neill Cruz going to be a bust or will he just have these two freak injuries at the start of his career? And then next year he'll be kind of like how Elliot's he'll just completely break out. And at round 27, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I, I can get rid of that, especially with Josh Young being as good as he was for, for round 25. But yeah, now is the time of the year where you want to be looking at, okay, what am I looking at in a redraft league? Okay. Where am I at in the standings? What do I need for the playoffs in a keeper league? Where am I at in the standings Am I making the playoffs or am I selling for next year? And mm-hmm. this is the time because, Trade deadlines are either like this week or in the coming weeks. So, so it's absolutely going to be, you know, crucial time right now to try to get all your trades in. Yeah. And I, I, I think my thoughts on that trade were I like it for you getting the pitching. If you're like, if pitching was the one thing you needed to go all in on to like make a run for the mm-hmm. finals, if that was what it was and you were like, you know what? It's a money league. I really want to win the money this year. 
this sets me up to just destroy everybody going into the playoffs, then yeah, I would take that because getting rid of Josh Young and O'Neal Cruz would suck next year, especially with that keeper value. But also getting getting somebody like Gossman in return is incredible. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a hard one. If if you're not if you don't absolutely need that, I agree. It, then I'd probably pass on that because like those round twenties for oh, Josh yeah. Young Th- and O'Neill Cruz is crazy. That's what you have to do. That's what you have to do when you when you have those type of leagues. Is you you get the late value and you keep them and you hold on to them and then you just draft the best players available in, in the top rounds. And, and that's what I've been doing. And hopefully, hopefully it'll pay off for me. I mean, my my pitching in this league is already pretty good. Um, I have George Kirby, I have Pablo Lopez, I have Eovaldi on the IL, I have Zach Gallen, I have Logan Gilbert, I have Brandon Ooh. Woodruff, I have Nestor Cortez. So like I have both Millers, Bobby and Bryce. So so I I'm thinking I'll, I'll be okay. It's just a matter of, you know, getting that luck in, in that one week playoff. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of as long as your team doesn't shit the bed, which is always always scary. <laughs> uh and somebody that also was mentioned in that trade that I kind of want to talk about because I think he makes a great trade target right now. Like as you're listening to this, he might be my favorite trade target coming up on the trade deadline. It would be O'Neill Cruz. Uh, doctors have said that uh, he could likely begin a rehab assignment in a few weeks by the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Now he still has to resume uh, hitting. Uh, he has to resume <laughs> running the bases. So you like some of like the crucial parts of yeah. baseball, but he has been, he has been playing long toss up to 150 feet. Uh, he's been moving laterally to take grounders. So he's doing the things that it needs to be done to prove that his leg is okay to play. And it's been so long since he played. I mean, he played at the beginning of the year. He had a crazy run at the end of last year. I think a lot of people have, kind of forgotten about O'Neill Cruz. We, we have so many good rookies and so many good young guys. Mm-hmm. It's true. We have Ellie De La Cruz who shares the same last name in, in a way um, that kind of makes you forget about just how insane O'Neill Cruz was. Uh, last year, he had a 15.5% barrel rate, uh, 46% hard hit rate, he was one of the fat. He, I, I don't know how to say it without just saying he's literally Ellie De La Cruz from a year <laughs> prior. Uh, last year, um, his max X velocity was in the hundredth percentile. He hit the hardest ball ever tracked by Statcast. Uh, his barrel rate was in the ninety-sixth percentile. His sprint speed was in the ninety-seventh percentile, and his arm strength was in the ninety-eighth percentile. So it's literally, he's literally Ellie De La Cruz, and they play the same damn position. A shortstop, uh, Ellie plays a little more third base now. The only difference is uh, O'Neill Cruz is not a switch hitter, and he is a little more strikeout prone. I think he struck out 35% of the time last year, but he did play this year. Like, we can't, I can't just completely leave that out. Uh, he played nine games to start the year, and in those nine games, he had a double, a home run, uh, seven walks to eight strikeouts, which was good, and he hit 250 with four RBIs and stole three bases. He has incredible speed and much like the Cincinnati Reds do with Ellie data Cruz, the pirates have absolutely no problem letting O'Neill Cruz get out there and steal some bases as well. He's long been forgotten on people's injured list at this point or bench. Um, 
the news of him going to a rehab assignment hasn't come out yet, but the news of him at some point going on a rehab assignment has. So this is literally the time if you wanted like an ultra discount on O'Neill Cruz for the rest of the year, I think this is it. Even if you just get him for September, that's the last couple of weeks of the season, plus going into the fantasy baseball playoffs, he is going to pay off incredibly. Now, don't give up the world for him, but O'Neill Cruz has the kind of upside that if you can get him for a good enough deal, could win you a fantasy baseball championship. Yeah, I remember talking about Anil Cruz earlier this season. I kind of cut him, wrote him off a little bit. But yeah, you, you said it. He he should be back sometime in the second half of August. Read a report to an affiliate at some point in the second half of August. So it would probably be September. And I forgot how good of a, a last few weeks he had last year from September 3rd to the end of the season, October 5th. He hit 298, OPS of 914. Six home runs, six doubles, two triples in 28 games. Extrapolates out to 35 home runs and 110 RBIs. Also had four stolen bases, which is 23 in a full season. So if he can get healthy, that, that, that's what it is. But I, I'm wary of the Pirates just shutting him down. Like I feel like if he has any sort of setback or any sort of discomfort, they might just be like, okay, mm-hmm. shut it down. We had a good first half. Let's see if we can load it back up for the second half. But also, he's going to want to play. So, and they're going to want to have him get back up to speed when he's healthy. So, yeah, I think Oniel Cruz is definitely going to be overlooked by a lot of people that, that currently roster him. So, if you can offer him, you know, offer them a shortstop for now and like another, you know, mid tier pitcher for him, I feel like that's something you could do if you're in, you know, a pretty solidified playoff spot and want to get that extra help for the playoffs. Yeah, so keep your eyes peeled for him. Again, don't give up a King's Ransom for O'Neill Cruz at this point just because there is still some question marks. Uh, he's not the kind of player, talking strategy, he's not the kind of player that I would specifically trade for if you're unsure if you're going to make the playoffs or if you're trying to mm-hmm. make moves to help you make the playoffs. O'Neill Cruz is not somebody to trade for. O'Neill Cruz is somebody to trade for right now if you are already looking like you're going to make the playoffs or have kind of locked up a playoff spot and you're looking for a way to take your roster to another level, then go get somebody like O'Neill Cruz and you should be happy because if you have a roster that's that good, the amount that you give up, even if he gets shut down after you trade, it shouldn't hurt you the way it would if you were still in the hunt for playoffs trying to, to make that home run move. Uh, but I wanted to transition into another player. Uh, been out for a little while. Chris Sale of the Boston Red Sox is about to start on Friday for, for the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> He's been out for a while uh, with injury. He started the year atrociously. Uh, but since then, he was great. I mean, in... Oh, God. Uh, in May, in his two starts in May, uh, he... He had four starts in May. God, four starts in May. He made four starts in May. There we go. Uh, he 30 strikeouts in 26 innings, a whip of .8, and an ERA of 242. Uh, much better than his 6.75 ERA that he had in April. Uh, and in June, he had a 2.45 ERA. So... 
there's a lot of upside there. He's it. It's tough for him because you can't really trade for him at this point to get a discount because everybody knows he's going back to rosters him. Mm-hmm. I somehow, some way, in one of my home leagues in a twelve-team points league, Chris Sale was on waivers, and I just so happened to have Shane McClanahan, who we got the news is going to be likely out until two thousand twenty-five. It's looking like so I Ooh. dropped Shane McClanahan and picked up Chris Sale. So, uh. If you can get your hands on Chris Sale, try for it. Uh, if you have him now, he needs to be started. He's going to do well. Uh, he's still Chris Sale. I think yeah. that those last five starts of Chris Sale was a lot more of the Chris Sale you're going to get the rest of the year than that April version of Chris Sale where he was very hittable. He's up to his fastball usage. He's getting a lot of swings and misses on that disgusting slider. Uh, who I think Steven Souza Jr. told us it was the hardest pitch to hit in his MLB career was Chris Sale's slider. He said it starts in one batter's box and breaks all the way to the other one. Uh, Yeah, Keep your eyes on Chris Sale. And if you do have Shane McClanahan just kind of jumping around um, in a dynasty league, obviously you're going to keep him. Mm -hmm. The league that I dropped him in was even a keeper league. And he was keeper eligible for me. And I still dropped him because it's looking like Tommy John, which is about a year and a half recovery for a pitcher for Tommy John. And seeing as we are in August of this year, there's likely no chance that he pitches in 2024. So Shane McClanahan is pretty safe to be dropped if you are on the fence whether or not to drop him. Even he he has enough name recognition that if you're in like a keeper league or something like that, somebody may pick him up right after you drop him. Pay no mind to that. Uh, he's not going to be contributing for a season and a half. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, there's a Reddit comment here, just a list of all the raised pitchers with like injuries: McClanahan, Glass, now Baz, Springs, Rasmussen, Posh, Kittredge, Beeks. Torinos, McKay, Drake, Anderson, Honeywell. Most of them had UCL strains. Some of them had elbow strains. Like it, I don't know. The Rays are getting the best out of their pitchers, but they're also injuring them somehow. But yeah, yeah. It, it sucks for McClanahan. I think he was my Cy Young pick for, for the season. He was he was doing great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for, for Chris Sale, the only thing I'd worry about there is I don't know if he's going to be able to go five innings. Uh, he has not had a rehab start. Or no, he had up to 53 pitches over his two rehab starts at AAA. So he may only be able to go, you know, like his last start was three and two-thirds, five hits, one earned, one walk, six strikeouts. That's a fine start. That's going to help your ratio. It's going to get you the yeah. strikeouts. But don't pick him up if you're necessarily counting on him for a win, if he's available. But, yeah, I think he's he's somebody that should be determined to, you know, have a good final month or two here to kind of go into the offseason strong. Uh, speaking of being determined to have a final good month or two heading into the off season, that's how I'm feeling about me and Ryan and this podcast. So if you guys feel the same, if you could hit like and follow on your podcast feeds, whether that be Apple pod or Apple podcast or Spotify or podcast overlord or whatever, wherever else you listen to podcasts that helps us greatly. Uh, if you, you listen on uh, uh, Facebook, because we're live on Facebook now. What up mm-hmm. to all of our Facebook viewers? We're also on YouTube at Fake Baseball Money. TikTok, we can start uploading uh, 
podcast episodes to TikTok now. So that'll be a thing once we get the go ahead for that. Uh, we're on Instagram. We, we are everywhere. So if, wherever you listen or enjoy our content, if you could hit like, if you could hit subscribe, if you could hit any of that, I promise you right now, now it, it hurts my soul to say the hit like and subscribe. Shit. Smash I, I don't like that. Button. It's cringy. Yeah. But I mean, those are the things that help us to go a long way. My favorite thing mm -hmm. to say lately has been we are trending all over the world because it is 100% true. And it makes me so happy. And the one way that we can continue to do that is if you guys do continue to hit that follow and that like and that subscribe button. But you can follow us on Twitter at fake baseball. And you can follow me on Twitter at fake or Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at R Gilbert's SOP. What a way to close the show. Catch you guys next time. See ya.